All right. It is Monday on Daily Delivery. Michael Rand here, Patrick Royce, Star Tribune columnist, of course, joins me as he typically does on Mondays. Patrick, I think we got to talk Twins and Vikings primarily again here. We're still kind of in that zone where the other things aren't starting up quite yet. Although we got to talk some gopher football and a little bit of amateur baseball as well, because there was quite a game Sunday night, 21 innings. Um, that's a lot of, uh, that's a lot of amateur baseball, but, uh, Patrick, the uh, the twins, um, they give us something to talk about every week. That is kind of them. And you, uh, you were out there. It sounds like you were out there Friday before they started this series against the Giants. And you know, they, they limped into this series. They lost six in a row. Um, you know, Rocco had had that. Uh, you know, kind of tried to fire up the troops before that last game against the Astros, and it didn't seem like it worked all that well because they lost that game. But they came back home. And lo and behold, they have, you know, a nine nothing win. And then they come back and win that game Saturday, which was pretty awfully important. Um, you know, you're down to your last out. You end up winning that game. And then they win again Sunday, eight to three. And Jake Cave all of a sudden is <laughs> is their unlikely hero. Um, you just yeah. we, we every time we try to bury them, and we even said that last week when they were struggling, every time we try to bury them, they uh, they, they they crawl out of the ground. What uh, what do you what do you make of that? Just just that's baseball or do you, do you, you know, what, what did you see this weekend? I agree with you that Saturday game and they were terrible. I mean, they were one Oh, and they get runners on first and third, nobody out in the eighth and don't score. And you say, Oh my God, is this terrible? And then they sneak it out and, uh, you know, get some runs in the, uh, ninth inning and tie it. They give up a run at the time of the ninth. You figure they did. Then they tie it and they win it in the 10th. And that, you know, that was kind of a sneak out of the hole, win a game. And, uh, this is a bad giants team that somehow had been close to 500, but, uh, they, uh, they, they they are very impotent offensively. So then they, uh, you know, and the big thing that happened to him, I mean, Jake Cave was a hero yesterday, but Carlos Correa came out of his coma and that, uh, you know, he hit that two run homer to get started on Friday. He went down and, you know, got a pitch that, you know, and he just smacked it out of the park and he ended up getting what seven, seven hits or something during the weekend. So yeah. It would be uh, nice if he decided to join the party, wouldn't it? Uh, I mean, you get him and a and uh, a rise and uh, Polanco up there at the top of the order. You can, you know, get something going at least. Uh, uh, and here's the other thing: now Boston's coming to town. They got right. two uh, get pitchers I've never heard of with high ERAs pitching the first two games. I mean, they're not; these are not the Red Sox of. Uh, you know they're under 500 too and they aren't very good so they're last uh, place in the al east oh my my uh, landslide five or six games yeah because i mean baltimore has been surprisingly good and uh toronto and T- tampa i think toronto is a had to drive if you, if you follow toronto they'd have to drive you nuts with that lineup because they end up getting swept at home by the angels right they got uh this weekend so there was a lot of a lot of weird stuff going on but yeah they're you know, Cleveland had to go play Seattle and they lost three out of four. And that's not, that's understandable. They're on the road and, uh, you know, they sneaked, they snuck one out there on Saturday night. Yeah, but They were down three, one in that game. Right. And they got beat again Sunday. So, you know, you get, you get the giants at home and they're playing at Seattle. You should gain ground. And they did. So they're back to two. And meanwhile, the mighty whiteys, doing everything they can to get Tony LaRusso fired. Yeah, right. 
tank again. They're they're now back under five hundred. I think they're sixty three and sixty five. I saw this morning. Yeah, they're but I mean, three behind the twins and five out of the division race. I bet they just they just are not going to ever get their act together. Apparently, and uh, Jerry Reinsdorf is too stubborn to get Tony and and Tony. Now I saw Tony post game interview yesterday where he says. Well, you know, frustrated and, you know, and he was just babbling, talking around. He says, I'm not frustrated. I'm mad. Isn't that the same thing? I don't know. Right. But, uh, yeah, it, uh, it just, it just looks like, it looks like a wasted year down there when they have by far the best talent in the, in the division. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, you, you know, Rocco was saying, you know, on Friday night, Friday, he says, hey, we could play our best ball of the year these last 40 games. There were only 39 left, but, uh, you know, and we're all kind of looking at him. But uh, I think one thing they did this weekend is, I mean, they, you know, came kind of snuck in there and played on Sunday, but they're, it looks like they're kind of settling into a lineup here, right? a Buxton-free lineup. And uh, Nick Gordon playing left where he belongs. Don't play him in center. And then Celestino, and I forgot how many outs there were last yesterday, but uh, in a play, but they're, they're playing him in center field. And you know who else wasn't completely helpless in this series? Kepler. So yeah. uh, if he decided to get uh, three hits a week, uh, that would be a nice too. So, uh, you know, and then they, they played their first team. Most of the weekend, and, you know, Herschel played and, uh, you know, they, they gave Polacco a day off one day, but, uh, uh, you know, it looked like, okay, this is the lineup instead of this throwing darts at the board type of thing that they've been doing for weeks now. And uh, uh, you got to play Nick Gordon, I guess. He drives you nuts. He, can, he runs the bases like Disco Dan Ford, but uh, he's, uh, you know, I mean, you, you got to play him in left field and you, you just kind of, kind of got to, settle in this is your group and Urschel is playing third and Miranda's playing first and the other guys are in the middle of the infield and one are the other catchers and let's go here come on yeah uh, we'll, we'll see but Jake came yeah when you get uh when Jake came knocks in four runs you better win right MGM Wine and Spirits is the choice for savings, service, and a great selection of spirits, premixed cocktails, wines, and of course, ice cold beers and hard seltzers. With over 30 locations throughout the Twin Cities and beyond, there's an MGM near you. Head to MGMWineandSpirits.com to find a convenient location in your area. Get social. Follow MGM on Facebook and Instagram for all the latest news and trends. Make great moments with MGM Wine and Spirits, your locally owned and operated choice for over 50 years. Save time, save money. Shop MGM. Yeah, you better win that game, and you know, has obviously had that huge hit on Saturday, the tying hit after Correa had extended the game with, uh, I think, an RBI single as well. Um, you know, one thing I was struck by too, and we've been kind of talking about this in fits and spurts, but I think it was in, it was in the notebook the other day. Start to be, I can't remember if it was Phil or Megan who was covering the game, but just how many players they're going to get back or could get back here relatively soon with, you know, sounds like Mally should be that, that that feels like it'll be relatively short term. They're talking about Ober and Maida maybe being available soonish. They're kind of doing rehab assignments. They got Larnick maybe coming back here. They're hoping on Jeffers. I mean, you know, Buxton at a certain point too. It's like, you know, if, if they can put together a little something now and then get, you know, some, 
pretty good players back for the last 25 or 30 games. That will certainly help too. Cause they got what 17 games left still with Cleveland and Chicago. Yeah. Uh, I did hear Provis say yesterday on, uh, when I was in the car that, uh, and he talks to Rocco every day, you know, he does the pregame or yep. he gets, probably gets the best information to anybody. Cause there's before the pregame, there's actual information uh, given to him. And he, he said, Maeda was unlikely that they, okay. uh, they, you know, that it's not that there's no possibility of them being able to pitch. They just don't know if they want to, you know, after sitting out of losing him for two years, they don't want to, uh, you know, they wouldn't want to take a risk to have him pitch relief. You know, they, this way they can give him a few extra months and he'll be ready to go in February. So, uh, but, you know, that keeps getting mentioned as a possibility too. So that would, you know, to have him pitch relief, which he did do with the Dodgers a lot. And uh, yeah, over, I'd like to see him get over back. And you yes. know who else pitched in St. Paul last night? Who? Randy Dobnik. Oh yeah. The, the forgotten <laughs> Randy Dobnik. <laughs> the man who stole $9 million and never had to go to jail. It's pretty good. It's unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> he got that contract. It <laughs> contract is it's of all the money that they put in a pile and burn that's number one wasn't it like a five-year contract too well they got him at a bargain rate and he said you know he's some hillbilly who pitched in west virginia he said what yes hell yes you got how many zeros here let's do it i'll never figure that one out why they thought this guy with a 91 mile an hour sinker and no other pitch was was gonna could, could become a contributor it's unbelievable but he did pitch for st paul uh last night i saw after a what a bad finger has cost him two years right so uh, he's yeah. been on a journey too because he started game two of yeah. the division series in 2019 in yankee stadium yes yeah that for a 101 win team yeah, that was unbelievable. Yeah, that is, uh, that is, you know, people say, oh, they couldn't beat the Yankees. And, you know, they won 101 games, so what? They couldn't beat the Yankees. Yeah, they started Ronnie, Randy Dobnik in Yankee Stadium. Of course they couldn't beat the Yankees, for God's sakes. So, uh, uh, but, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, they're going to get a little, I, I really like to see Ober as an addition to the bullpen. I think that might be his future. I, you know, I just don't know if that, you know, that if they, if he's going to hold up, if he, if he's, if he's going to be a starter, but, and, you know, I, I know they got to try to make some guys starters, but uh, he, he looks more like a relief pitcher to me. So uh, it would, he would be a good addition. You know, uh, when they get the, when they get to September 1st, you can have 28 players, but you can only, only one of the guys you add can be a pitcher. It's huh. got to be, it's got to be fourteen and fourteen. So uh, it's not like they're going to be able to, uh, you know, put a put a whole bunch of new guys in. One of the interesting things in baseball that's gone unnoticed pretty much in the, you know, since they came back from the pandemic, is the Triple A season now goes till the end of September. Yeah. So you know you you can't have an unlimited number of players on your roster like you used to, but they now have triple a keep playing so you can still do that shuffle, you know, where you, if you want to bring up cotton again, you can, you know, you can right. EFA somebody else again and, and bring that guy up. So that's how, that's how you keep moving. You know, they, they had to let them play another month so they can, you know, keep shuffling players back and forth like they do. But, you know, Cleveland is, 
you keep looking at Cleveland, they have good pitching, but right. They still don't dazzle you when they have the lineup. So even though the twins are extremely flawed, it's not like impossible here that they could stumble into the, into the playoffs. But if they go to the playoffs, whoever wins the West will be the worst of the, uh, I mean, whoever wins the central will be the worst of the six. Uh, yes. teams going into the playoffs. There's no doubt about that. So. Yeah. You know who's had- no, who's had a nice little bounce back lately is Joe Ryan. I mean, we've kind of yeah, talked he, about him. He's, you know, yeah. we kind of hit that little lull in the middle of the season where he's getting knocked around a bit, but he was pretty good the other night when he got six innings, scoreless. Um, and uh, yeah. he's been about, you know, he and, you know, Sonny Gray has been pretty dependable this year too, I suppose. Um, his ERA is actually really, Sonny Gray's ERA is 3.04 now, but, you know, Ryan, being you know about as advertised as series, they're only pitcher with double digit wins. He's got ten now. Yeah. Nobody else has more than seven. Man, you know, even even Dylan Bundy has been pretty decent since kind of hitting that wall in the middle of the year too. So they've, yeah, you know, know, he's done done well for a guy that they basically tell him every time he pitches they have no confidence in him. Right. We, yeah, I don't care he, how good if you. I, we don't know how good if you're how good you are. We still think. It's a miracle that you're getting people out. And we right. can't get you out of the game, baby, because we we see you out there. You kind of got this red face like you're huffing and puffing. We're worried about you. We're always you're always one pitch of getting taken out of the game. We don't care if you got a 15 straight batters out. We're, we have no faith in you. They've 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 delivered that message to Dylan Bundy. He's like the old, uh, the, what was the, they used to say about Leroy Horde. I can't remember who said it about him or if he said it about himself, but if you need, if you need two <laughs> yards, I'll get you three yards. If you need five yards, I'll get you three yards. And it's like yeah. uh, Dylan Bundy is if you need three innings, I'll get you five innings. If you need seven <laughs> innings, I'll get you five innings. It's kind of how yeah. they're, how they're treating him. And even if I could get you seven, I'm not going to let, they're not, no. you're not, we're not going to let you. So no. yeah, and, you know, he started off great. And then he was terrible, and the numbers are never going to be really good. But he's been competitive. He's been okay. Yes. Chris Archer has been a much bigger problem than him because he, you know, he's sometimes he's bad, and then other times he goes four. He just puts too much stress on you, and it's too bad he can't pitch relief, but he can't pitch relief because of all his injury history. So, uh, uh, yeah, I think we might have seen the last of Aaron Sanchez uh, yesterday, but who knows? He might still be their fifth starter, too. I, I don't know. They keep slapping this together. But, uh, yeah, it's uh, – well, they're only, what, they're four over. You're only four over. Yeah. It's, pretty, it's, a, it's a nice world when you can be four over in September and you're still right there. So that's, Well, I was, that's, looking at the, I was looking at the expanded standings last night because I just had some kind of time on my hands there. At their their current record right now, sixty five and sixty one. That is the fifteenth best record in baseball. They are very much in the middle of the pack. There of of the teams over five hundred, they are the least over five hundred than anybody else. So I mean, it, it does tell you a little bit, you know, that they are competitive. Yes, but the, they're benefiting greatly from this division. And by the way, um, schedule came out last week, and that was another reminder that they're not going to have the. Uh, AL Central to knock around so much next year when they go to the 13 games against the division guys instead of 19. Now that means the rest we're of the all, AL Central. Yeah, the rest of the AL Central has to play everybody else now too. So yeah, yeah, we're all in favor of uh, we're all in favor of this. Although I keep bringing up to you is uh, you have gone from playing eight National League teams to 
for you added seven series. You've added seven teams to your schedule for three game series. And if you get rained out on Thursday, yep. what, what are you going to do? What are you they're, you're, they're not coming to your place. You're not going to their place. They're going to, are they going to throw five days at the end of the season where you make up games before the playoffs start? What are they going to do? Yeah, that's uh, a good point. It rains. We found that out this weekend. It rains. It does uh, rain occasionally here. Yeah. So, uh, it's, but I'm, I'm, you know, if it works, I'm all in favor. You know, who's not in favor of it is Rocco and the guys, because it adds a lot of flights. Oh, you know, yeah. it adds a lot of flights. So anyway. Yeah. They're also the, be the stunning stat too, that I didn't realize they're 15 and 12 against the AL East this year. And that uh, yeah, goes right into it. this Boston series. That is. And one of that, and is that all they have left now? Boston? No, they, they get no, the, don't they get the, they, Yan- they get the Yankees again, don't they? Got to go to New York, right? Yeah, I think that's what they yeah. got. Or are, are the Yankees coming here? I can't remember. I can't remember, but they do play the Yankees. Yeah. Who, by the way, just lost two in a row to Oakland? Yeah, they've been in a free fall since the All Star break. Yeah, they they haven't they haven't been mighty. Now they were they lost twenty out of thirty, and then they uh, and then they had a little surge and they beat the Mets a couple of times, but then they just got beat twice by uh, Oakland. So so they're not uh, they're not quite the powerhouse that Houston is. Patrick, um, let's switch gears a little bit to Vikings. I'm I'm a little worried about this team. I don't know. I feel Even like. Without- and any regulars, you're, uh, it's, it's a little hard to know if we should be worried or not, I think, but go ahead. What I'm worried about is every year in the NFL, there's going to be injuries, right? There's going to be times where you need to reach down into your depth. And I watched, I watched, I, you know, I'd watched some of, kind of distractedly watched those first two preseason games. But watching that third one on Saturday, watched it pretty much in full against my better judgment. And they're backups are not they're not good i just don't feel like i'm worried about the depth i guess and i'm worried about anything when anything when anything goes wrong this year at any really at any position i don't have a lot of confidence in their ability to weather that storm so i'm starting to worry a little bit that this is more going to be more of like a seven win team and that they're going to have to do more to uh to 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 reshape this uh, even with the top heavy roster even with some star power i'm 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 worried about the depth right now yeah, and you know, it's life is you're going to lose. I, I've always said it's uh, what determines a lot of it is, it, you know, a lot of NFL teams are okay, they're going to be competitive. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. But do you get two starters hurt or do you get six? Right. You're going to get two hurt. And, you know, if it's a year when you get two hurt, eh, you know, unless one of them's your quarterback or something, you can survive. If you get six hurt, you're going in the tank. And uh, so it, it just, it's so hard the NFL to say definitively, uh, here's my opinion on this team. Cause you don't know if they're going to be healthy or not. For instance, green Bay, you look at them right now, their two best offensive linemen are doubtful. Bakhtari has been doubtful for five years. Right. Right. And Jenkins, their center They're They're, you know, already the green Bay hasn't, winning 13 games for three years in a row or whatever it is, they've never put their whole offensive line on the field. And now right away, they're, they're playing the Vikings who should have a much improved pass rush. If Hunter and Smith are both healthy. Yes. 
and they're coming in here. They might not have their offensive line, and the Vikings might look great. We might all declare them Super Bowl, head go to the Super Bowl. We're, uh, we're uh, you know, it, it, we're looking great because we beat the Packers, and then you get a couple of guys hurt, and they, they could uh, go a completely opposite direction. So I don't really have a definitive opinion on this team right now or not. I know they have pretty good starters, I think, offensively for sure. You, you, I, I guess we've been reminded enough by uh, the Star Tribune guys and everybody else. You, you got to. That I, as we were absorbing it last year, did we have any idea how bad their defense was playing? Right, I, it was terrible. Well, they couldn't and, stop the run, and they couldn't oh, stop the pass. Yes, and the stat about the last two minutes of the. First oh yeah, unbelievable. Yes. <laughs> 30% of their points in the last two minutes of the first half. Yes, it was terrible. Yeah, I mean, you, 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 you're kind of watching it and you don't really absorb how dramatically inept they were finishing halves and finishing games. So uh, if they're, you know, if they're better, you know, one way to, you know, we complained about old Zim, but if, if you can run the ball a little at the end of the half and not let the other team get it with, two and a half minutes to go, you're going to be a lot better off. So I, I do think, you know, either the short passing game or the, uh, or Delvin Cook's got to get him in a position where they can hold the ball when they, when they get it with two and a half minutes to go in the half instead of giving up a touchdown. Yeah. I was just looking at part of my pessimism was watching that game. Part of my pessimism was looking at, uh, Andrew Kramer did his projected 53 man roster final cuts. They've got to do final cuts by Tuesday, I think. And just looking at some of these positions, it was like the depth chart at cornerback with Patrick Peterson, Cameron Dantzler, Chandon Sullivan, Andrew Booth Jr. And then just looking at some of these other spots, offensive line might be okay. Defensive edge rushers. Yeah. I'm worried about linebacker. By the way, do you see the the punter they kept? This uh, Ryan Wright, he's like six. He's like six two two forty. Really? Yeah, really? I hadn't I hadn't seen him oh, until I, the game the other night. Wasn't the other guy pretty good? Jordan uh, Berry, yeah, he was fine. It was it was kind of a probably, surprise cut. Probably saved two hundred thousand or something. Maybe that's they they might they might have been saving nickels, you know. So yeah, who, that's true. Who knows? So, yeah, he's, uh, he's like the size of he's like the approximate weight and size of a linebacker, not a uh, not a typical mm-hmm. punter. So where did they have that? Uh, who had the two hundred ninety pounder? Was it some either either somebody the Gophers played or was it the, yeah the Gophers started the season with or something? They I can't remember, that, but you're right. I remember the lineman punter. Was that, I can't remember who that guy was, but it was like what the hell? What's he doing punting? You know. <laughs> You know, it was like the fat kid who played right field. It was unbelievable. It was, uh, it was uh, doing it. But yeah, I, yeah, that was that was weird. Uh, and somebody said that uh, Joseph uh, really liked uh, Barry as his uh, his his holder. holder? But, yeah, but uh, I, he made a he made a fifty eight yarder. So I guess he nobody nervous about it. Although it was in Denver, so that adds yeah. five. Uh, yeah. Well. Uh, no bigger ripoff in sports, uh, ladies and gentlemen, than exhibition football. Oh, no. It's gotten worse too. 
oh god way worse way worse 20 37 guys didn't play uh and then then the one guy that did play bc johnson ended up getting hit right so yeah and it hurt i mean so. ty mcgill too this guy that's been a good pass rusher for them he got hurt he got hurt and hurt his ankle in that game too they lost like a bunch of guys mm-hmm. to uh to injury even though they're trying to protect it was like the the best of their unprotected guys got uh got hurt in that game and that's you know just yeah it's just I don't know. It's just a feeling I've got right now. And I could be wrong. They could, you're right. They could come out and play the Packers and look great. And, you know, all of a sudden it's, you know, because their, their top heavy roster is, is good. Like their their best 15 or 20 players are about as good as, you know, any other team's best 15 or 20 players, but any kind of depth problems, which they've had over the last few years. And, you know, when you say if Daniel Hunter is healthy, yeah, well, that's a big, if, if Zadarius Smith is healthy, yeah, that's a big, if, if, if they, you know, if Thielen and Jefferson make it through a whole year and you don't have to d- dig into that wide receiver depth, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see, Patrick. You uh, t- yeah, they could be hitting the waiver wire too a little bit. Yeah. Get- well, they already had, to, already had to do that for their backup quarterback. Sounds like he'll be the number two. The, yeah. Uh, Mullins. Did. We didn't risk playing him, so that's <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> Kenyon and Mond out there, but uh, to get hurt, but we didn't want the new guy to get hurt. So uh, yeah, he'll he'll be the bad. I mean, they didn't go and get him, you know, with with Adolfo Mensa knowing the guy. That's that was a pretty good indication that they that they were going to make him their number two quarterback. So let's let's see Cousins on there. Let, do we have no any? We don't know anything about Cousins. We don't know if he's throwing it good or bad. We we don't have any idea what kind of a training camp no run pad we haven't seen nope. him at all no so. no nope. no all we know is he thinks that the he likes the <laughs> o'connell offense but says it's been complicated okay yeah. so that's well, so that yeah well we'll see how much different that is now we'll a little see. few more pass patterns i guess so anyway hey, you were telling me about a 21 inning um yeah. baseball game sunday night what uh, bird island over loretto in the uh it was this was a class C tournament? Uh, the class C tournament. There's they got a the class C tournament's 48 teams. Okay. And the B team, B tournament is 16. And then you know, there's many more C teams than uh and in the in the class C tournament, the first week, which was last week, the uh 30 there's 16 region champs, right? And okay. they they get a buy. They don't play till the second week, and then the other thirty. Then there's uh, sixteen games in the first weekend uh, in these the three different towns, and then Class B gets started too. And Class B goes to double elimination, but not until the the final four. So anyway, but the Class C tournament, uh, which is almost everything, they're playing at Fairbowl, which has got a beautiful park, and you should see the new Dundas. What they've done at Dundas, it's fantastic. Okay. It's, Spent 150,000 spruce in that place up. And then Meesville has had mostly class B games. So I was down there Saturday and, uh, you know, they had a nice crowd and everything was fine. Well, they got four inches of rain that night. Oh, geez. Oh, yesterday, Sunday, they, I was talking to Mike Nagel, who runs the Bird Island team earlier this morning. And he said he thought the whole city had done to showed up to help them get the field dry. They started about an hour late with their games uh, yesterday. They had four Class C games there yesterday. And uh, so they started about noon, a little afternoon. Uh, one of the first two games went extra innings. And then they uh, 
So by the time the, the fourth game of the night, Bird Island and Loretto, the Loretto Koskis, Corey and his three kids. Yeah. Team, uh, by the time they started, they were running about two hours late. So uh, seven something they started, maybe right around seven, oh, a little before seven, I guess. And they played these. This is the 99th year of the state amateur baseball tournament. They oh, wow. played, played the <laughs> longest game in state amateur tournament history when they there'd been two 20 inning games they got to the 21st koski hit a home run in the middle of the game off mike kingry's kid josh amazing the connection here koski uh threw kid tried to throw him a fastball and uh threw it in the middle of the plate and koski smacked it out on the right center field at age 49 wow uh, he hit the home run he dh the whole game but uh in the middle of this game, Bird Island pitched a no-hitter. They had nine no-hitters. <laughs> Nobody could score a run. Finally, in the 21st inning, uh, Bird Island gets a run on a sacrifice fly, a, a very close play at the plate. So they score. I got to think that guy would have had to be really out for the umpire. To, <laughs> I mean, it would have been eight feet, right, for the umpire to not end the game. But uh, – 21 innings, five hours and 36 minutes. Did you say there's a note? Uh, 60, 600, right 662 pitches. 662, 48 strikeouts there were in the game. Oof. 40 strikeouts. Uh, everybody but one guy who hit in the game struck out. Wow. Uh, once, but 48 strikeouts. Ended about 12-15 this morning. Uh, longest uh, game in uh, in state amateur baseball history by length. Uh uh, by, I mean, by innings played, by 20, innings, yeah. 21 innings, Bird Island won. Now, uh, it was, uh, if it had happened to these teams next weekend, uh, I talked to Mike Nagel this morning, he runs Bird Island, as I said, he said, if this had happened to us in our first game next week, because the winner, the Class C team has to win, to win it has to win four games next weekend. Okay. One, Saturday, two on Sunday, one on Monday. He said, we would have had the bat boy pitching <laughs> in the next game, uh, but they get, a, you know, they get a few days off here right. now, they, until Saturday. But yeah, they, uh, they went 21 innings deep into the night. Uh, he said there was about a hundred people, but the thing about the amateur baseball tournament, it is just like everything else. You can watch it on TV on this spotlight, whatever that yeah. spotlight. He just does all the prep games and uh, all that. And so people are watching the state amateur. You know, we used to get the scores two days later. By right. Jerry. Now you can watch it if you want to. And they're, uh, you know, when you're in the press box, like I was on uh, Saturday, they got another game, a game from another location, Fairbo, uh, you know, on the TV there. So that's it's, amazing. It is. You can, you can follow it. But yeah, it's, uh, I talked to Nagel. I'm going to try to, write something real quick here for the star tribune when we're when we're done for the website so yeah it's uh yeah it was fun and uh you know it was historic and uh and uh poor old Corey koski played all uh, 21 innings even if it was as a dh uh he was uh he was out there with his kids and apparently his uh youngest kid is uh uh had to come in and catch because their catcher got hit with a foul ball and he mm. came in as a left-handed catcher wow you know <laughs> wow don't, <laughs> and, don't see that these days 
So it uh, it would have uh, uh, it would have been would have been very interesting if a guy was at the game if he would have said got to. I suppose if you hung in there till the tenth or eleventh, he would have said, "Well, what the hell? I got to see right. this thing." <laughs> would have been there till twelve fifteen in the morning, but uh, pretty amazing thing. Do you think we'll? You know, do you think <laughs> wild tangent? But you know, with running games not being what they are these days anymore, you think we'll see a, a revival of the potential of a left-handed catcher? Because wasn't the, wasn't the thing always that they didn't want the left-handed yeah. catcher because they got to throw left you know, the left hand into the right-handed batter's box? Yeah, so many more right-handed batters and left-handed batters. Although statistically, I don't know if that's as high as it used to be, but yes, that was it. They didn't want, and then I don't know throwing the Right. I don't know what, because, uh, you know, it, it certainly shouldn't have had any impact on throwing a ball a second, should have it. Uh, I mean, so I, I I don't know if we'll see many of them. There haven't been many. I think Jim Hagan, who was Hagan, was a first baseman uh, with Cleveland for years, was a uh, left-handed catcher when he first started. And some of yeah, I remember him, but uh, I don't know. It is. You, you see him, though, and you think, like, what planet is this? How can they have a left-handed catcher? Right, right. But you're right. Nobody runs. So nobody runs anymore. Funny, no. I actually I heard Gladdy have a kind of a tangent about how the Twins never try to steal a base uh, yesterday, and he was pointing out that most of the contenders actually steal a base here and there. So, and now that Billy Hamilton, yeah. System, maybe uh, maybe they're going to become the go-go twin. The pinch twin. pinch running oh. ace, yeah. Rocco assured us that uh, on Friday that signing Bill Hamilton should not be read. We shouldn't read into it that we're done with Buxton for this season. Okay. At least playing center field, but I don't, I don't know if we should believe them on that. So, you know, they got to say that now They what the situation is with him, but you know what? What? And I mentioned this, He's basically been been a good Sano this yeah. year. Yeah, that's what he's been. Ungodly number of strikeouts, hundred and six yeah. strikeouts, and as a part time player, you know, it's uh, it is uh, you know, I I don't know if we should appreciate what he's done this year because he's got what twenty eight home runs and fifty one RBIs. Yeah, it's a yeah, it's yeah, it's uh, it's a uh, you know, your ratio of home runs and RBIs you guys should be like two and a half two and a half or three yeah back in the day but yeah 28 yeah. and 51 it's not even two one is not so uh he's he, you know he's he's been better than he's been because he's played a little more but uh, it's not like he's having this fantastic year no like he was not since the first month um Patrick let's finish up quick you talked to uh Jerry Kill not too long ago his New Mexico State squad Lost their opener Saturday. It was the score wasn't as bad as you might have thought. Twenty three twelve to Nevada, so somewhat competitive. Now they got to come play um, PJ Flex Gophers on Thursday. I'm sure most of the drama about that is all in the build up and not in the game so much itself, because that should be a pretty easy uh, win for PJ Flex team. But what was the, from your conversation with Jerry? What uh, what what was the what's the mood there right now? You know, he's uh, he didn't have any idea what he had. I mean, he certainly hates the idea of having played Saturday night and having to get him on a plane here four days later and fly up. That's 37-point underdogs. And he also has to play Wisconsin in two weeks, you know, up, up there. So uh, he knows he's going to get butchered, you know. But 
I think uh, they can come out of Saturday's game. They turned it over five times and lost 23 to 12 against the team that last year beat them 50, put up 55 on them. So they must have played better defensively. They must have played okay. And I think they tried to run the ball, but uh, I don't, I didn't, I mentioned Fleck to him for two minutes. I figured that already everybody else was on that. Uh, so I, right. I but uh, he actually brought it up more to me. He said, well, I probably said more than I should have or something, but he's, he's much more worried about it whether he has a decent team as to whether he's going to shake hands with uh, PJ Fleck or not. But he's, you know, to me, the whole thing of talking to him is how in God's name did you end up down there? You know, yes. Or uh, what a place to make your stand that to come back. But uh, I saw his post-game interview. He's skinny, man. He's, uh, he's, uh, you know, he's, he's got the beard and he's, uh, but he's, uh, he's keeping his weight down, obviously. Uh and his in his battle with uh, you know epilepsy and uh, and he he's, he's you know he said his blood pressure's down and everything but yeah he's uh, I don't know I would be surprised if he stays there if this is a long term deal he sure. might he wants to get into this conference USA they're getting in a conference next year and so they won't have to play three money games like they're playing this year yeah I don't know he was okay he was a little. He sounded a little weary. He sounded a little beat upon and, you know, and I get along with him well, but I, he wasn't, he wasn't terribly happy to have to talk to me, you know, cause I mean, yeah. he wants to do much Minnesota media this year, this, this week, you know, I, I don't think it, I don't think he knows that's pretty good. I do think he got a bad rap on the Dunkers deal. Yeah. He became the bad guy there. They called him up three different times. And he finally said yes. And Maturi was in on recruiting for it. Is that too. right? Okay. Yeah. Maturi's a doctor. And he was, yeah, let's do this. Nobody will care. And, you know, I still don't understand why everybody gave a dang. But, uh, you know, on Thursday morning, he's going to go to the Dunkers and they're going to ask him a half hour worth of questions. You think that's going to change the fact that the Gophers are going to beat the hell out of them Thursday night? No. So uh, I don't know why people were upset about that. But, uh, the dunkers uh, choked like you knew they would. And I think he's happy that he doesn't have to do it. So, you know, it was, you know, cause it was something he, you know, Jerry Gill didn't call up his old buddies from dunkers and say, Hey, no. can, you put, can you put me on the panel on Thursday? They were, he was doing them a favor. So I don't know. He's, he doesn't like BJ Fleck. Okay. That's, no, no. That's established. He, yes. he like him, you know, and he didn't like him that well. When he left Northern Illinois, they didn't get along that well at the end. And he uh, he certainly didn't like him after Tracy Clays got fired and and uh, after going nine and four. And then uh, he immediately started saying it was year zero. And year there was zero. A mark- it was a mark- it was a marketing thing. But kills it. He's a sensitive guy. And uh, you know we we saw that a few times when he was up here coaching yes. and. <clears throat> and he, he did not take it well so yeah i think his biggest blunder in the whole thing was uh you know not telling charlie walters and randy randy shaver he doesn't know if he's going to shake hands with him when he was being interviewed on the big 10 network right and went out of his way to rip him yes not thinking he'd ever be coaching against him. yes <laughs> because yeah. that's a good reminder be careful what you say you never know where you're going to wind up 
number one thing he told me it was three different four different times was uh, you know i've never been the same since i left minnesota yeah so. that was interesting i read that part of it well i think you brought up oh go ahead talking emotionally basically yeah so, anyway you know he walked away from eight million dollars i'd I'd have a hard time with that decision too. A few years later, if I'd become a nomad and knew that I left $8 million on the table, because, you know, if he'd come back and tried to coach and hadn't announced he was retiring, they would have had to pay him. Right. right. You know, it's a health problem. He would have, right. he screwed up. He was, he's an impulsive guy and he was going to do the U a favor and retire and blah, blah, blah. He should have hung in there and made him pay him. You know? Yeah. So, no, lots. I mean, we'll see how the game goes. It's Thursday. You're I'm glad you mentioned the turnovers. I hadn't seen that. They lost the turnover battle five nothing in that game. Actually, outgained Nevada. We're in that game into the fourth quarter. So we'll see. That would be uh, if that one's close at halftime. That would be kind of uh, kind of fun. He also had a transfer quarterback who was like a junior, and he hooked him and put in a true freshman. In the second half, and apparently that kid played a little better because he told me he had two quarterbacks and he didn't know which one he was going to play. More veteran one, and then he ended up playing the freshman. So I would guess the freshman's going to play here. But I think so. Yeah, they only scored two points in the first half. They must have had a safety, obviously. And then the second half, they got something going, and they had over 200 passing yards. So, yeah. uh, The starting quarterback threw three interceptions in the first half. That's not good. That's not going to help you win. Meant. And uh, they're, if it's a freshman uh, against the Gophers, uh, we're going to have the experience advantage at quarterback in that game. Yeah, so. Just by six years. <laughs> Tanner Morgan. Well, I, you know, I hope he, you know, who's older, him or Cousins? I don't know which one. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, we'll see how it all shakes out. Thursday is bad opener. I'm sure we'll plenty have plenty to talk about about that and other stuff next week. Patrick, thank you, sir. We'll talk to you soon. Okay. All right, Michael. See you.